What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another special episode of Ice Up Fantasy Football. As you heard, our intro song, shout out to East Oakland, Too Short, the player's player, man. That guy, you already know who he is. And shout out to E40 from Vallejo. He held it down for the Bay for many, many, many years as well. And I'm just glad to share that this Saturday on Versus TV on Instagram, don't forget to check out E40 versus Too Short, The Legends of the Bay, this Saturday, December 19th, starting at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And I'm excited to watch it. I know my co-hosts are excited to watch it. I'd like to welcome my co-hosts right now. What's up? What's good, Bay Area? It's your favorite doctor, Dr. Mario, coming at you with the same old medicine. New week. What's up? Feels good to be back. I'm on my other co-hosts, the real Jorge, as well as everyone's favorite uncle. Uncle, talk to him. Let lets people know what's up. Rick Rock here. You already know what's good. Yes, sir. I'm ready for Saturday for the two Bay Area legends. They're going to represent. They're going to put it down. You know, there's a rumor out there that Ashanti didn't want no Bay Area smoke from Keisha Cole last week. All of a sudden, she canceled. Y'all know what it is. Special episode, playoffs episode. And I just want to throw out this real quick. We went 4-4-4 four, four, four on our must start for week 14. If you don't know about that, check our Twitter. Check our Instagram. Shout out to the team, Dr. Mario, Rio Jorge, the Professor JJ, and you already know Uncle Rick over here with the free game. And we're about to give you some more free game. Let us know what's going on, George. Again, I'm excited for this Saturday, man. I cannot talk about this enough. And I just want to dive a little bit into this because I want to share some of my favorite songs. I love Too Short, man. Burning Rubber, Shake That Monkey, Freaky Tales. Woo, talk about fire. And I'm holding it down for Too Short, man. I got mad respect for E-40. He has some awesome hits, but I'm more of a Too Short type of guy. Who are you guys looking forward to listen to and what songs? Guys, this is going to be, in my opinion, a very undervalued versus. Both these guys have a long, tremendous 20-plus year trajectory of music. They've been doing music since I was in diapers, and I'm very excited to hear what they're going to bring to the table. I'm looking forward to the classics as well as some of the new stuff they've been bringing. Both E-40 and Too Short have withstood the test of time, and I'm excited to see these two Bay Area legends finally get their props on national uh, internet television for everyone to see. Me, personally, though, as much as I love the player's player too short, I have to roll my uncle, 40 Bolafonte. 40 has pulled out hits after hits, classic after classics. Not to mention he's a barrier ambassador, and I have to roll with the ambassador. Uncle 40, what's up? Yay! Damn. The, the doctor right there dropping some knowledge for you youngsters, for those that, you know, are from the yay area, you know what I'm saying? So we're here. Personally, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a too short guy. And, you know, one of my favorite songs that, you know, you kind of get all hyped and you kind of go with the flow of things. It's this song for me from Too Short. Now let me holler at your partner. Spit this game. Bend your ear for a minute. 
complaining about how you can't spend it Cause you ain't got it You got what it takes but not enough to get started I hope you get the And you know what? If you listen to those lyrics, that's an everyday thing that everybody, you know, goes through. Everybody, you need that kind of person to always kind of put you on game and, and give you that feedback of, of what's going on with you, your life, your hustle, whatever type of thing that you do in life. You know, that's that's kind of what Bay Area is all about. You know what I'm saying? We're, we're different. We're unique. And yeah, man, I, you know, as much as I love E-40, too short. He's been doing it a lot longer. He's holding down. I have respect for both of them equally. And I can't wait for Saturday. Uh, and I hope we all link up Saturday so we can, uh, you know, we can watch this live. You know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah. Just a little pop trivia for you guys. In 2012, E-40 and Too Short made a little collaboration album called History, Function, and Mob Music. For those youngsters who didn't know about that, the biggest hit from that album was actually Dump Truck by E-40, Too Short, and Travis Porter. I love your guys' insight. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. And Rick, awesome song, which leads perfectly to our opening segment for Ice Up Fantasy Switching it back up to the NFL, and I want to start off with last night's Monday night football game, already called Game of the Year. And why? Woo, if you guys missed it, Lamar, he actually missed a big chunk of the fourth quarter, and he came back on a fourth and fifth and converted it for a touchdown to take the lead late into the game, putting pressure on the Browns to score and boy, did the Browns answer. Kareem Hunt, shout out to the Inhumans League. Dante specifically, Team Doc, you already know what I'm talking about. I don't got to say anymore. But man, Kareem Hunt scored a last-minute touchdown to tie the game. And we all thought this game was going to overtime. Or did we? Because if you know Lamar, he has choked week in and week out when he has to step up to the occasion, whether it's the playoffs an important game he hasn't followed through and topped the mountain and succeeded for the ravens to get a clutch win but last night he drove down the field set up the kicker justin tucker for a perfect game winning field goal and he hit it justin tucker one of the most clutches kickers of all time in the nfl and man i was so excited to watch that because soon after the browns they had to think of some crazy ass play to score and we already knew they were going to lateral the ravens were prepared for that and they pushed them all the way back to the end zone where jarvis landry eventually he got a safety for the browns with the final score on that one 47 42 i want to hear you guys' thoughts in this game was it the game of the year? Who surprised you the most in the game? And what about Lamar Jackson? Please share your thoughts. It was a great game. I don't know if it was the game of the year for me. I, I, I would not put it on my list of top game of the year. You know why? It's because Lamar Jackson is still inconsistent, no matter what he did in that game. What I am impressed with is Baker Mayfield. Ma Baker Mayfield has actually shown up. He's, he reminds me of Baker Mayfield when he was with Oklahoma Sooners, and he just reminds me that he's back there because if you really think about it, he has a great O-line that can actually blow for him now. And now they're actually letting him roll out out of the pocket. And now he, he doesn't have that many wide receivers, but he's still hitting those receivers open. And once again, it's the O-line. That's what he had when he was with the Oklahoma Sooners. He had an O-line. He was able to scramble. He was able to, to, to stand the play out of the pocket. And a lot of people have forgotten what Baker Mayfield did in college. And now it's, it's, it's flourishing into Cleveland Browns this year. Now, on the other side of the ball, Lamar Jackson is going to be Lamar Jackson. He's an electrifying player. He 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 started off really slow. No, God 
please no. He messed me up in a lot of my leagues, but you know what? Hey, if we're talking about the game now, fantasy, he showed up. But once again, the inconsistency, the fact that he missed the game, whether he he had diarrhea or he was having cramps, we we don't know. There's so many stories right now, but yes, it was a great game because of that. I don't put it in as as like the game of the year because. I didn't think it was like that, Jorge. Maybe it was for you because you had those players playing, you know, for you to win your matchup. And I get the the hypeness behind it, and you have all the right to be, and I, and I agree with you on that. But I don't think it was that great of a game. That's just my take on it. Mario? Gentlemen, the Baltimore Ravens and Cleveland Browns delivered us the game of the year in the NFL on Monday night as Lamar Jackson willed the Ravens to a 47-42 victory. This game had everything. A total of nine rushing touchdowns, the most rushing yards by a quarterback in Monday night football history. Turnovers, missed field goals, game-winning field goals, and even cramps or the runs, as Uncle Rick mentioned. It was a remarkable (laughs) game from beginning to end. But the very last play will unfortunately be the one that will keep some people up at night, in my opinion. Uh, Justin Tucker's game-winning 55-yard field goal. Browns backers had to be upset, but would at least register a push since the deficit was then to three points. However, since there were just two seconds left on the clock, the Browns were allowed to run a final play with possession on their own 25-yard line. Baker Mayfield and company did not opt for the Hail Mary, but instead tried to run a few laterals, as my colleague Jorge mentioned, to see if they could find some open space. What happened next, though, was tragic, and in the doc's opinion, classic Browns, or miraculous, depending on who you were backing up or who you were hoping for. Baltimore Ravens scored two points on the final play of the game, which brought the winning margin up to a total of five points. That meant that the Baltimore indeed covered the spread, and Cleveland backers no longer had the luxury of a push. There was a definitive winner and definitive loser in this gambling matchup. And I feel like a lot of fantasy football matches could have been decided with that last play as well if you played the Baltimore Ravens defense. I wanted to chime in on the on the subject, uh, Rick. Do you have a game of the year candidate if it's not with this one? Because it was pretty high scoring. To me, the game of the year, honestly, if you if we're talking about primetime game, the one that I can remember vividly, I would have to go, man, yeah, no, I don't have one. Not this year. I don't uh, have so a game of I, the year. I think I, I saw a topic on this earlier. A bunch of people are having trouble accepting this as the game of the year due to the fact that it involves the Cleveland Browns because we all know the <laughs> long tragic history of the Cleveland Browns and it's hard for some people to stomach or accept that they played well. <laughs> as you mentioned, Cle- uh, Baker Mayfield has been quite the revelation and he started to step up and play the way we all expected him to play the past two seasons. So it's great to see that. Lamar Jackson also, it's good to see him be back on the field, be a team player, and lead his team back to a victory. However, it was some sloppy play calling on the Cleveland Browns defensive side, in my opinion. But nonetheless, Lamar Jackson led his team back to a victory and a well-deserved victory and a competent victory with no question marks, no ifs, and or buts, in my opinion. So hats off to Lamar Jackson and company. And it should be interesting to see where they move forward from here to take back the division and perhaps have a chance at making playoffs. This is... Fantasy. Great insight, you guys. Great insight. And with that, I want to switch it up a little bit past Monday night. Sunday afternoon football with the San Francisco 49ers, or should I say San Francisco Phoenix 49ers, going against the Washington football team. And if you guys heard on our very latest Niners special edition episode with RSF 49ers, shout out to Raj, man. Much love. We had predicted that the Niners were going to 
dominate on defense, and they were going to win this game to keep our playoff hopes alive. Unfortunately, that didn't pan out so well. And that was not the biggest letdown and tragedy that happened this last Sunday. Because if you were watching the game, Debo Samuel, our wide receiver number one, our team leader in the wide receiver corps, man, he went out on the very first play of the game. On an out route, Kyle Shanahan called a wide receiver sweep so he could run the ball and do what he does best get those yards after the catch. And he got away from a couple of defenders up until his hamstring got pulled. He instantly grabbed his left leg as he was running down the sidelines, and it did not look good, man. And to top it off, it wasn't even Alex Smith who took down the Niners. Dwayne Haskins, he hasn't played since like week three, and he managed to help maintain the lead because if you also watch the game, Washington's football team defense, top five right now. They're hitting all cylinders. The front four, they're eating. They're freaking sacking the quarterback left and right. Is looking like a really, really elite defense heading into the playoff push. And with the final score on that one, the Niners were taken down 23-15. to 15. I want to hear what the guys have to say. And not to mention, I don't want to leave this out, our leader of the defense, our potential highest paid player on our defense, Fred Warner, was also taken out of the game with a stinger. All pro, all pro Fred, please. Was taken out with a stinger. Ouch. What do you guys think? Before we dive into it, Rick, I just have a quick question for Jorge and perhaps for you too if you're defending Alex Smith. How did the comeback player of the year do in that game? How many touchdowns did he throw? How many completions did he have? What was his QBR? Hey, that's a, no, hold on. That's an interesting take, Mario. I'm not going to lie. I'm still pushing for Alex Smith to be comeback player of the year. And the reason why is it's more than football when it comes to that award. It's what have you come back from? And Alex Smith, for almost losing his leg and getting amputated, I believe he's definitely going to get that award. However, on our last Niners episode, Raj made a very valid point. And Jason Verrett should also get comeback player of the year as co comeback player of the year they should each share the award they're more than worthy jason verrett had an interception in this last sunday game and yes I, I couldn't agree with raj anymore on that one but let's just start it off with the niners and they're lost what are you guys thoughts for the game even if alex would have stayed in the game there was no way he was going to win that game the real reason why the washington's football team won was because of that lead line now the linebackers now they're cornerbacks, that D-line. And like we spoke to Raj from RSF 49ers on our last episode 37 and 38, you're going to hear what we talked about. We gave you guys some insight of how that D-line for the Washington's team, it's so compatible to the 49ers D-line. And I and I meant when we had Buckner with us, okay? So they have all first-rounders on that D-line. So did the Niners last year. What everybody's talking about Washington this year is their D-line. So, yeah, Chase Young, he is a beast, but he ain't no Nick Bosa. Uh, you know, he has he has a little bit too much hype. He's not – he's great. I have to disagree with you, Rick. I have to no, disagree. No, no, no. There's actually, there's actually numbers. There's actually numbers there. In PFF, the highest-ranked defensive end in NFL history, he's not even top five. Let me give you the highest-graded – Rookie edge defenders since 2012. Number one, check your ass up, Jorge. Khalil Mack, 2014. Number two, Nick Bosa, 2019. 
Number three, Joey Bosa, 2016. 2017, Miles Garrett. Number five, Chase Young. But, but look at the PFF numbers, though. Number one, 86, Khalil Mack. Okay, okay, wait, wait, Rick. I have to cut you off because we're heading into week 15. So you're not counting the final three weeks in the season. And what we saw last Sunday, Chase Young got a sack, a forced fumble, and a forced fumble recovery returned to the house. So don't discredit the final three games because this kid has potential to climb up the charts like wildfire. Dude, he has he's at 7.8. Nick Boss is an 86.7. He's going to need at least seven sacks, three interceptions, and one more touchdown to be at number two with Nick Bosa. So, but in his defense, though, he also missed like three games with injuries, though. Nick Bosa played a full season a, last a, season. Exactly, you know? exactly. That's that's what I'm trying to say. There was there was also concerns of durability like Nick Bosa and Chase Young. They were both kind of the same profile at draft day, kind of, kind of one of those things. And don't get me wrong, Chase Young is a dog. He's a dog. But you know what? I wish Nick Bosa would would have been healthy and, and then we would just have that tape to compare. But to me, their that defense is gonna carry them into the playoffs. They're gonna win the East. The defense is gonna carry them to the playoffs with Alex Smith, with weak ass Haskins. And yeah, I mean my take on that. Um great game. Shout out to the Washington football team for winning the game against pathetic, pathetic, no dirt, big dirt Mullins. No, 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 no. That dude, that dude, get rid of him. Get rid of him now. Get rid of him, you know, right now. Put him on waivers. I don't care if Seattle picks him up. You know what? Shout out to JJ BDM. Yes, sir. So, but that's the whole point. Like, Nick Mullins does not have it. We were all wrong. Mario, you got to admit, we were wrong about Nick Mullins completely. Yes, yes, you're right. He's not a backup quarterback. He's not a backup quarterback at all. And I got love for the dude. He 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 had to overcome a lot, but oh man, like it's just so frustrating. And on top of that, McClinchy again, again, he, he's looking like a ballerina. You know, like I don't know what he's doing over there. And you know what? This guy's a huge guy, and defensive ends are running around him like it's nothing. You know what I mean? So the only bright thing that happened to us was Brandon Ayuk, who once again we spoke again. Also. Again, three yeah. weeks in a row. Yes, sir. So, I mean, he, he he's definitely a wide receiver number one. We knocked that out of the park. That's the only bright spot for me. Mario, I don't want to keep, you know, throwing a rant over this, but you know what? I'm so disappointed in Nick Mullins. I'm out. I have to admit, I have to agree with you guys as well. Gentlemen, Nick Mullins, we were wrong about him. He's a backup quarterback, but he's not capable of being a starter at all by any degree, by any means at all. Jorge and I had a brief little chat about this Sunday afternoon, actually. I was asking Jorge, why is he throwing it 40 times? Why is he allowed to throw it 40 times? I pulled up his stats here. He finished, gentlemen, with 25 completions for 45 attempts. Why is he throwing the ball 45 times? You're not playing from behind. You're in the lead. Jesus Christ. I also want to go on record and say that in the Doc's opinion, Kyle Shanahan needs to hire an offensive coordinator. I don't know who he thinks he's fooling. 
it's too much on your plate. You look burnt out. You look tired. You look over it. You look like you've given up. Not even the great Bill Belichick takes on this much. Not even Bill Parcells. Not even Bill Walsh. None of the Bills take this much into consideration. Why the hell is Kyle Shanahan taking this much workload? Who are you trying to fool? As I mentioned in previous episodes, gentlemen, I feel like Robert Tala is out coaching Kyle Shanahan in every aspect. I told uh, the real Jorge... Look, defense is going to step up, do their job, make the stop, force a turnover, get an interception. And they did. Give the ball over to Nick Mullins. What does Nick Mullins do? He turns it right back over. It's like he doesn't want to score. I don't know what's going on, but Kyle Shanahan needs to hire an offensive coordinator. His creativity is going out the window. He's getting burnt out fast. And if you don't do something about it, you will be seen, be shown the door soon, too. I hope not, but it looks like it's soon, too, because the way you're playing, the way this is going... We've lost so much games this year that should have been in the back, should have been a walk in the park for us. Starting with the the Dolphins, I could say we lost that, honestly, because Dolphins have been a revelation this season. But the Philadelphia Eagles game, the Washington football team, are you kidding me? Alex Smith? Those games that should have been in the back, shouldn't even been, been a question. And stuff like that frustrates me as a 49ers fan because you have such high hopes for this team. We try to stay positive. Try to, you know, like there's a saying in Spanish, buscarle la quinta pata al gato. You know, we try to find for whatever excuse, whatever thing we can come up with to like bail them out. But at the end of the day, guys, as fans, we get frustrated because we can't keep building this team out because of shitty play calling and then a uh, horrible passes from Nick Mullins. And what pisses me off the most is when Nick Mullins turns it over, he makes his face like he's mad. Like, who are you fooling, dude? Like, I guarantee you, you're not more upset than I am. You're not more upset than Rick. You're not more upset than Jorge. You're not more upset than all of us watching you on TV. Like, I don't understand, dude. And it's frustrating. I actually heard Nick Mullins during the game. Every time he threw an interception, he was like, F, oh, no. But, yeah, guys, so I had high hopes going into this two-game hump after the Bills. There's still some hope. You know, Washington football team, Dallas Cowboys, kick the shit out of them, get your confidence up. But no, no, now I'm actually kind of worried going up against the Cowgirls. And it's funny because all season long, I'm not sure about you guys, but I've had this game circled in my calendar because you guys know how much we hate the Cowboys. And Jesus, for the first time, I'm worried. And I shouldn't be worried about a horrible team like the Cowboys. This should be in the bag. It should be target practice. But we'll see how it goes, gentlemen. Kyle Shanahan, please hire an offensive coordinator. And as for the quarterback situation, no disrespect to C.J. Beathard. I've seen enough from you, too. If you pull Nick Mullins, we're going to get more of the same. I don't know who we're trying to fool, who you're trying to fool yourself. But by the end of next season, cut Mullins, cut Beathard. I don't want them in my roster at all. They're wasting up, They're taking up two roster spots. And last but not least, please, please, for the love of God, hire a new medical staff. We're just doing a complete overhaul because for some reason our players keep getting injured nonstop and I don't know what's going on. Do we have bad luck? I don't think so. It's something with the medical staff, some kind of practice or perhaps some kind of like medical method they have going on at the facility that's not working out for the players. I'm sorry. This is Eyes Up Fantasy. You guys just hit the nail on the freaking coffin, which pretty much sums up the Niners' 2000. 2000- 20 NFL season. I just want to add a little bit from my perspective. <laughs> I want to I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate. We could blame the offensive line a little bit due to Nick Mullins' poor play. For a backup quarterback, uh, he doesn't have that three-second timer where you got to release the ball right after you hike it with the pressure coming down your neck. I don't think Nick Mullins has learned that trait. So the offensive line is not helping him either. I want to call out Kendrick Bourne, the kid, man. Debo Samuel came out of the game, and you got to fill in his shoes, and you got to do your job. What's your job? Catching the ball. 
why do you have four drops in the game? You need to help out our backup quarterback, dude. You were open, wide open on a couple of those plays. And for Nick Mullins to actually target your hands, that's a miracle within itself. And for you to drop those passes, it was very <laughs> disappointing to watch, dude. I don't know what's going on. And just for the icing on the cake, Nick Mullins, bro, stop staring down your receivers. If you're a quarterback, if you watch Patrick Mahomes play, he never looks down his receivers. He might be looking at Kelsey. Next thing you know, he's throwing it 60 yards down the field to Tyree. Also, I would do audibles. With audibles, you can look at the defense, how they're set up, and then audible to a running play. You have one of the fastest running backs behind you with Raheem Mozart. Yes, he was a little shaken up in the game. But, boy, when that guy is running on all cylinders, nobody in the NFL could catch him. And Raheem the Dream, I hope you come back healthy next year and pick it up where you started in 2019 because you literally carried our offense so much, especially in the NFC Championship game versus the Packers where you had three, if not four, touchdowns in that game. I was there. I was. It was live, and I had missed Niner football. 2019 – one of the greatest years of my life that I've witnessed, Niners football. If you guys check out my page, I posted a pretty funny meme on that. And shout out to ISUP Fantasy Podcast page. Definitely give us all the love, all the followers. We're putting out some great content for you guys. To piggyback off what Jorge said, even my own girlfriend noticed, how come Nick Mullins doesn't look around the field the way Patrick Mahomes does, the way Aaron Rodgers does, Tom Brady does? You know the scene where... The camera shows a quarterback pre-snap and they're just looking around to see the formation, to see what they're lining up, they're going to rush it from a certain way. That speaks volumes, babe, that you can see that, but this guy doesn't think to even look at that or see that. Another thing I wanted to touch up on is my franchise quarterback is out with an ankle. Cap hit is $26 million. Sherman, my star cornerback, he's back now, but he was out for most of the season. My number three draft pick from three years ago, Solomon Thomas, is out with a torn ACL. My number two draft pick from last year, Nick Bosa, is out with an ACL. D Ford is supposed to be back. Hasn't pl- has he played this season at all? I think he has me one or two games. I haven't seen him. Arguably the best player on my team, George Kittle, is out with a foot injury. He could potentially return, but nothing's for certain. Raheem the Dream, as Jorge mentioned, is out with an ankle. My center, Ben Garland's out. My linebacker, Mark Zocha, is out. The defensive end that I signed, Ezekiel Anza's out with torn bicep. Jordan Reed has been out. Jalen Hurd, torn ACL. Jeff Wilson is out. Jawan Jennings is also out. Oh, Debo Samuel has out he's in he's out he's like Debo and Friday just going all around the block he's in he's out so gentlemen it's, it's like all this stuff it's like uh, it's just too much it's just too much for me to fathom and even put into sentence I just I cannot so much for the revenge tour it's more like that new Bad Bunny album the last tour you know this is Boys of Fantasy wow you just hit it right on the nail man and and this year you guys are are sick and tired of hearing me say this it's covid no no mini camp a, a, a weak ass training camp a camp at all period i mean nothing there was nothing nothing was being done so and not only that remember yes the niners play a little bit longer than everybody else last year because they went to the super bowl and things were a little bit more complicated here in california than it was in kansas city so regulations safety regulations you know I'm, I'm not making excuses for god's sake for god's sake we don't even have a home stadium to play in yeah exactly. yeah the county booted us out of our own stadium exactly that's so, got to take a tone of the players too which we discussed in one of our episodes, previous episodes too yes so so you know what i mean bright side we finally got a wide receiver brandon Ayuk. we finally got two yeah. decent wide wide receivers 
You mean and, Mini Me Julio Jones? Yes, Mini Julio Jones. Yes, sir. So, and, and then we have a dog. Oh wow! I can do it all. I can do it all. Wide receiver. That's crazy. He can be a running back. He can be a wide receiver. He can be a fullback. He can be a tight end. Debo Samuel. We have the best tight end in the game. One healthy in Kittle. So we have three amazing weapons, and we got Raheem Mostert. So, please. Yes, we're frustrated. Yes, we're ranting about our team. And I know we're speaking facts because we are 49ers fans and we are fans of the sport in general, point, period. This is a fantasy podcast, but you got to, you know, point the elephant in the room. 49ers, plain and simple, suck this year. And whether it was injuries, whether it was covid whether it's it's just the bad situation that they're in, it, it doesn't matter. We suck this year, you know. What I'll say, let's just lose the remaining of the games, get a high draft pick, and and go get a quarterback or go or go get another DN because we know what we can do with the defensive line with Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Hyder. Now that I'm sure we're gonna Wait, Rick, him. Since you mentioned the draft and tanking, I really want to know your insight on who you're hoping, not even specifically a player. What position on the first round, middle of the first round, what position would you love the Niners to draft? For me, man, I love cornerbacks. We've always needed a strong rookie caliber cornerback. And I'm hoping that we're finally, you know, drop a pick on a cornerback in the first round because I cannot remember the last time the Niners drafted a cornerback in the first round. And I've been dying my entire life for them to draft a cornerback in the first round. The number one thing that ever since since I moved here in 94, and I've been a sports freak, I've, I've been a sport fanatic when it's the 49ers draft. So I you're the reason the Niners haven't won since 94. Thanks a lot, Rick. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Anyways, so you can ask people that know me, my brothers. I literally go online and I have books. Like I'm a freaking scout. And... Uh, the players that are being mocked to the 49ers from different sides, different magazines. And I heard about Fred Warner. And the, the the one thing that got me about Fred Warner is that he plays safety, cornerback, and linebacker. Now, I believe Greenlaw was a safety and linebacker. So the 49ers were going for speed. So the potential with Warner was there because the size – that Warner has, which I believe is 6'4 or 6'5, and then the length to me, and then the first game against the Vikings when we play, when Jimmy G, you know, his first season before he tore his ACL, I was like, who is this guy? And I knew the talent was there, and everybody was raving about him during that training camp that year. So it's about the talent and your scheme, and Fred Warner fits that to a cue, hands down, because of the system. Uh, I'm not going to rant, but I just wanted to introduce a fun little quick segment that's similar to Rapid Fire to you gentlemen. It's called Cut or Keep. And both of you guys could just answer at will. You don't have to take turns, okay? It's a, I'm going to name a group of players, and you guys tell me if you're a Kyle Shannon, John Lynch, you cut or keep them. Solomon Thomas. Man, I'm laughing because he should shoot a bank kick a long time ago. Okay, Jorge, you? Kick rocks. Cut. Okay, I don't blame you guys. Okay, Raheem Mostert, cut or keep? Keep. Keep. All right, next one. Kendrick Bourne, cut or keep? Boot cut. Get the fuck out of here. I agree with you guys. Mr. CJ... Butterfingers. Hold on, hold on. I think uh, breaking news. Kendrick Bourne has just signed a contract with Butterfingers. <laughs> uh, endorsement deal. All right. CJ Beathard, cut or keep? Cut. 
Cut. Nick Mullins, cut or keep? Cut. Bye-bye. Tevin Coleman, cut or keep? Bye-bye. Jarek McKinnon, cut or keep? Cut. Bye-bye. Mike McGlinchey, cut or keep? Cut. Keep. Wait, 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 wait. Can we go back to the McGlinchey and I want to know why would Jorge keep him and then we can run to the to the Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, of course. That's why uh, I did the segment. So when you guys could, you know, yeah, Jorge. it's great. I love this. Jorge. I want to keep Mike McClinchy because we all know what happened when we let go of Mike Upati. Yes, Mike Upati was a run blocker, not a pass blocker. He was a guard. We were tr- he, I know he was a guard, but we were trying to fill in his shoes for the longest and we were struggling with it once we let him go. So if we let go of our right tackle, Mike McGlinchey, it's going to be pretty tough to replace him. I know he's not the best. He's mediocre at best. However, I believe there's not a lot of better talent, whether it's on the rookie class or out in the free agency, to replace Mike McGlinchey. So definitely keep. Okay. All right. Ben Garland, cut or keep? Cut. Keep. D Ford, cut or keep? Get the fuck out of here. Hey, I just want to say, D4, can you throw some money this way, bro? Because you got the easiest money all day. Get out of here. Rumor has it that they're going to just pay him off and it's just going to cut him out at the end of the season. Yeah, that guy's collecting year-round stimulus checks from the 49ers, dude. All right, uh, the, <laughs> the last few ones, gentlemen. Jason Brad, cut or keep? Oh, sign that guy ASAP, even though it's going to be hard because we have a lot of players. Uh, I believe it's 28 players that uh, are f- going to be free agents this year, including Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, I-, I will say sign him because Richard Sherman is going to go get his last contract he's ever going to see and do whatever it takes because the 49ers show him loyalty and they stuck with him. And I, I guarantee you the Verrett is going to give him that the discount. I agree too. Discount or not, keep Verrett. Even if worst case scenario, franchise tag him, cash him out. However, Sign him to a long-term extension. I want Jason Verrett, after this season, to retire as a San Francisco 49ers. He's from the Bay. He's going to be watching E40 and Too Short. And I want this guy to be our cornerback, our leader. This guy's all pro. I hope he makes the all pro this season. And just ride him out to the end of his career. This is Eyes Up Fantasy. The last two picks, gentlemen. Jordan Reed, cut or keep? Keep. I'd say cut this guy. Uh, Something that I left out on a rant earlier about the Washington football team versus the Niners. I don't know why Kyle Shanahan has not utilized him a lot more than I expected this season. Especially with Kittle out, I thought this guy was going to fit the shoes perfectly. And we weren't going to miss George Kittle at all. And that hasn't been happening. Of course, Nick Mullen can barely reach the ball to him. But this guy's a big-bodied receiver. He's not a tight end. And I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan's not utilizing him. He's also getting that free cash money. Yeah, but he's still a minimum contract. If there was a real quarterback, he would be putting some monster monster numbers right now. Now, Mario, um, let me just go back to uh, what Jorge asked me earlier. What would I want the 49ers to draft in the first round? Whatever they like. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would also go for a cornerback or a right tackle or a left tackle. Like number one, cornerback. Number two, left tackle. Offensive line, yes, sir. Because we don't know. In this past few years, yes, sir. I agree. We don't know what Trent Williams is going to do. Um, and McClinch, he he's shown that he has not uh, up his game. He's actually regressed. He's a very good run blocker tackle, but 
he's not a passing blocker tackle at all. Um, but yeah, that's those are my two. What about you, Mario? So excellent point, Rick. I want to switch it up now. I got to listen to the doc's opinion and also Rick rocks. So let me finish the list. This is actually an interesting question, Rick, because yes, we should target offensive line and cornerbacks in the first earlier rounds in the 2021 NFL draft. However, would you keep or cut Chakwisky Tart? Oof, that's a good question. Um, you got to cut him because he's going to command a lot of money. He is. He's going to ask more than the minimum, Mario. Depends on how much he wants. Is there any uh, strong safety in his position that are going to be free agents this season? Because you can't just cut him and just like, you but know, we, like. We, but we can't Uncle sign Earl. Earl Thomas. But we can't sign him, though, because they're going to demand more than the minimum. And, and like I said, we got to restructure some contracts. And the ones that we have to boot is D4s and Jimmy Garoppolo. We have to restructure. That was, that was my last one. Cutter keep Jimmy Garoppolo. That was my last one. That was like the coup de gras. So what's what, what's your opinion, Dr. Mario, on Jimmy G? Jimmy Garoppolo? I've been saying this all season long, gentlemen. I'd say cut him, flip him, unless or restructure his contract. I've seen enough from him. Thank you for your services. I beat you well, sir. I, I, I would trade him for draft picks if possible, or perhaps a veteran offensive lineman to bolster up the offensive line. You know what else I feel like uh, the 49ers could use or need? And that's to drive from the subject. I feel like the 49ers wide receiving core, like a group of kids, immature kids. The moment Emmanuel Sanders came into our team last year, he was like, like, like the older brother that kept everyone in check. Everyone clicked. Everyone upped their game. Everyone played better. The moment Emmanuel Sanders left, is the kids, you know, just became kids again. They were sloppy, dropping balls, like, talking to you, Kendrick. Again, that goes back into what Jerry Rice said, that great soundbite that Rick posted on one of our episodes where Jerry Rice was like, I saw the kids dancing on the sidelines, and I don't know what they were doing because the Niners were losing the game at that point. So I agree. And actually, to go back even further to what Rick said earlier, I would have loved the Niners to draft a rookie cornerback the year they signed Richard Sherman for Richard Sherman to take him under his wing, like a Denzel Ward, like a Josh Jackson, like a Greedy Williams. And three years under Richard Sherman and in the same system, this kid would have been ready to take the reins from Richard Sherman. Now Richard Sherman would have been comfortable leaving or switching over to safety. Preach. Preach. That would have been so perfect. Thank heavens, Jason Brad fell from the heavens to our laps. But I would have loved for the Niners to draft a rookie corner that the year they signed Richard Sherman for him to teach him everything and take him under his wing. Think about how different the defense would have been right now in the position, the better position we would be in right now currently. <laughs> All right, this is the last and final question of the show, and this is going to sting you guys. So we were talking about tanking earlier in the show, in the segment. Are we tanking for the rest of the season to help our draft capital or... Do you guys want the Niners to win one more game, specifically this Sunday? Look, this is my take, Mario. Let me take this, Mario. This is what the Niners should do. They should tank the rest of the season, get a higher draft pick, draft one of the top three, like I mentioned, quarterback, offensive lineman, and then trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Chicago Bears because he is from Chicago. So I know Jimmy G doesn't have a no trade clause in his contract, but trade him to Chicago. He'll waive that. He'll go to Chicago. Okay, now now we got rid of the contract. Now we can sign some free agents. And guess what? Go trade for these two players, either Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz. Boom! That's a great take, Greg. Unfortunately, I would love for them to tank, but it's just not in my thing to tank. I cannot root for my team to tank, especially when they go against a team like the Cowboys. I cannot uh, vouch for that. I cannot tell them tank. It's like... I just feel wrong. I feel like I'm betraying. I'm not being true to myself. Yes, it's for a but better they, future. But, okay, but they'll probably lose to the Cowboys. They'll most likely will lose to the Cardinals again. But the one game I want you to win is the last one on the calendar, and that's against Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Let's go. That's, so just give, just give me that one. And you know. 
Elvis, man. Lose a two. Just give me that one, and that can end the season a happy 49er friend. That's all I ask for you, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. That's all we ask for my year I subbed. And with that, I want to thank my co-host. This is The Real Jorge, Dr. Mario, and Rick Rock in the building. Make sure to check out all of our episodes. We have some great content, a great NFL inside fantasy. Rick, hit the beat. Fantasy. Fantasy.